As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to another Head of the Pack. A couple more for you until we take a little break this offseason before the NFL Combine. It is Sunday afternoon, and the divisional games are being played today. This is the last two of the four. And obviously, as everyone listening to this knows, the Packers are not playing in the divisional round for the first time in in four years. So here we are left to talk about uh, what Aaron Rodgers is going to do next, a, a couple weeks before we have in the past. I know we've touched on it before, but we're going to get into our official predictions on what happens. Um, you know, react to maybe some of the things he said on, on Pat McAfee last week, and he's going on again on Tuesday. So we'll see if there's any more news out of that. Uh, then we have a conversation that I had with Joel Corey, former NFL agent writer for CBS sports who breaks down uh, eloquently. And for all of you to understand the financial aspect of, of this whole scenario, uh, the cap ramifications if Rogers stays, retires, gets traded, all that good stuff. That'll be coming up at the end of the episode after Bill and I uh, chew your ear off. So uh, if you want to listen to that, you can fast forward. If you want to listen to the, the whole 30 minutes here, stay with us. So we'll get into official predictions first. I'll start with you, Bill. What does Aaron Rodgers end up doing? Um, He's not going to be back. I think that was my prediction here last episode. It was my prediction in Rob Domofsky's office up at Lambeau Field, he's not coming back. Um, I, I think if there's ever a time to do it, and I know you and Joel are going to get into the finances of it, but financially, there's never a good time to do it. But this is the the least worst time, Matt. Would that be a fair way to put it? The least worst time to, to trade him? Yeah. Um, but I think there's enough, never never mind the, the playing field stuff, I think there's enough people who are ready for a change that the franchise can can make a trade without just getting skewered by so many of the fans. It's like they've gotten cover. You know, between I think Rodgers lost some people with COVID. He's lost people with big game performances. He's lost people with how he played this season. Um, I think there's enough things in alignment here that they can move on without getting absolutely lambasted by 90% of the fans. Yeah, I, I think. There are two things at play here. I think there's the question of what the Packers will do and what they should do. 
Um, I think what the Packers should do is trade him. Um, because as I get into with Joel, the longer he stays on the team, the, the worse it gets for the cap. So for, for cap purposes, and I know you, I understand that it's not as easy as, Oh, this, this is better for our cap. Let's do it. Because if it was that easy, you'd cut all your best players just so you have cap space. Like you don't do that. Um, but listen, I think Aaron Rodgers can still be an elite quarterback. This has nothing to do with his level of play. I think he gives them the best chance to, to win a Super Bowl right now. Um, but even that level of Aaron Rodgers, we've seen two out of the last three years, hasn't gotten the Packers to a Super Bowl. So is it time to just keep running it back and, and hope that does it? Or look a little toward the future, see what you have in Jordan Love before you spoil that relationship and he requests a trade if you bring Rodgers back and also get something in return for Rodgers, use that to build around Love and maybe try a different formula to, to winning this thing. I, I think they should trade him. What I think they will do is keep him. I think he'll be back. Um, I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers retires and I think the Packers are so desperate to take advantage of this, however long it is, one, two, two more years with Rodgers to win a Super Bowl, because I think they also believe he gives them the best chance to win a Super Bowl right now. Um, and maybe they're blinded by, by his skill level and think, you know what, as long as we have him, we can win a Super Bowl. And maybe they're right. Maybe they do. But I don't think that's a realistic thought right now. So I would trade him, but I think they're going to bring him back and try and you know, run it back, per se, with him at quarterback. Yeah, the, the Jordan Love thing is interesting, and I'm glad you brought that up. He's not – if Jordan, if, if I'm Jordan Love's agent, or if I'm – not his agent, if, I, if I'm Jordan Love, there's no way I'm coming back. If Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, there's no way I'm coming back next year. I'm going to force my way out of Dodge because they're screwing with his future, not just playing-wise, but his ability to go make money, right? Mm -hmm. He can't be a backup for four years. So he's got to get out of here. So now you're back to square one. So if they think that Love, not not, a, not never mind a great player, if they think Jordan Love is a quarterback that you can be competitive with, it's time to turn the page. I mean, they they drafted the kid in 2020 for a reason. It's time to move forward. Now, if they think Jordan Love stinks, it's it's a whole other discussion. But they can't they can't in good conscience bring the guy back because so what? You can do the fifth year option, sure, fine. But what if Rodgers wants to come back in 2024? Now you've just totally – so now you've got Rodgers with a cat number of $8 gazillion in 2024 and Jordan Love under the fifth-year option. Good luck building a team around that. Mm. And then there's just – if I'm Love, there's just no way I'm ever going to sign a contract with these guys. You just strung me along for year after year after year. I got to get out of here. So then I think if they think he's any, – any chance of being a decent starting quarterback at all, I think you've got to make the change. And I think you've got to go with Jordan Love and sink or swim with him. Um, otherwise, you're going to have a 2020 first-round draft pick and gotten really nothing accomplished with it, just basically throwing a draft pick in the garbage can. I agree. I, I think if Rodgers comes back, I think Love is well within his right and should request a trade. Now, do the Packers grant that request? Sure, the common sense thing is to say they owe it to him. 
but this is a business. And what if, what if Brian Gutekunst says, well, we have, we're going to exercise his option. And then either if we want to move on from Rogers after this year, or <clears throat> he decides to retire after this year, we still have Jordan love under contract. So we're not going to trade him, but then you kind of put yourself in a, in a pickle because what if Rogers leads you to a Super Bowl? And he wants to play again. Then what do you do? You don't just give the give the reins to love. And like you said, then you have two massive quarterback contracts on the same team, and you can't have that. So they're in a fascinating situation because, and like I've said before, the Packers aren't owed anything by by Jordan Love. Jordan Love is not owed anything by Aaron Rodgers. So. Like if the Packers exercise Jordan Love's fifth year option and Rodgers goes out and wins MVP again, he doesn't have to say, oh, well, you guys want Jordan to start. I'll just retire or I'll go go play somewhere else. If Rodgers wants to play for the Packers, he's going to play for the Packers. So they're in a very tricky situation. That's why I wrote and I don't know how realistic this is, because as Joel gets into the the money gets worse, the longer Rodgers plays. Um do they say if Rogers in the next two months goes to the Packers and says, uh, I want to play this year. Do they say we need a two year commitment from you because we need to know whether we need to trade Jordan and look for a quarterback in this year's draft or next year's draft. Or if you're only committing to one more year, we want to exercise the option. So I'm wondering if Brian Gutekunst gives Rodgers an ultimatum because I find it hard to believe that given the point they're at financially and with love that the Packers are comfortable just doing this year by year thing with Rodgers again, being like, Oh, we'll see what he is feeling after the season. I think they need to have a dead set answer this year. Is this your last year or are you going to be here for more than one more year? Does that make sense? It makes sense. Um, as much as Rogers seems to value taking his time away to sort through things, is that does it make sense from his perspective? I mean, if he can't figure out at this very second if he can play for twenty twenty three, how's he going to decide at this very second if he can play for twenty three and twenty four? Right. No, I, I'm tough. saying from the Packers' perspective, Rogers well, yeah, should do whatever sure. he wants. Right. So, from his perspective, no, I don't. I don't think. He can, I don't think he can do that. And if he can't. Yeah, you make a great point, man. If if he can't be aboard here for two years, yeah, yeah, I would say you have to you have to make the move there. At some point, at some point, you got to move on. Whether it's Jordan Love or move on, as in Rogers is your quarterback for now, but we're gonna go draft Jordan Love two point here yeah. this year, right? Well, that's the thing. Like, if Love, uh, if Love is traded, let's say Rogers says. I'll play one more year and then they trade love or I'll play two more years and they also trade love. Do they then, you know, maybe try and trade up in the draft this year to take a quarterback in the first round. It's possible. Or do they use that number 15 pick on a quarterback? Right. Granted, so- he, he won't have three years, you know, learning under Rogers, but let's say he has two years learning under Rogers or one year learning under Rogers. I would be fascinated. I think that, the, the biggest question here is if Rodgers comes back and Jordan Love requests a trade, 
do the Packers grant it? Do they say, you know what? You have earned the right to start. We'll trade you. Because guess what? He'll probably hold out if they, if they don't trade him. And then they have a salary on the books for someone who's not playing. But at the same time, I saw, I, I think it was a Cheesehead TV article. Jordan Love doesn't have any leverage. Like, it's not like he's an Aaron Rodgers where he, he has the upper hand on the organization. Sure, he's the backup quarterback. But what, what, what has he done to, I, I don't want to say earn the right, and maybe, maybe he's impressed the Packers uh, behind closed doors and on the practice field and all that, but are the Packers really going to be pressured as much as maybe they were with Aaron Rodgers when he, when he requested a trade? I, I would find that hard to believe. Well, that's true. I, I think it's fair. Other than um, Jordan Love's agency is one of the biggest in sports, and is that going to hurt you down the line? If you screw over Love here, does his agent say to future negotiations? Now, no, you guys – I don't think you're a good organization. You, you screwed over my guy before. We're not going to talk turkey with Joe Free Agent. Probably not. But maybe. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you all agents run baseball. I think that's part of it. I think maybe that could come into play here, too, where you you screw over Jordan Love, you might screw over the next athlete's first guy, and you might not have him either. So, I don't know. Interesting point. You know, and you talk about drafting the quarterback. Rodgers wants to come back to win a championship. Drafting a quarterback at number fifteen ain't going to get that done. Just like, just like it didn't get it done in twenty twenty. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're you're not hurt. You're not helping. You're not opening that championship window whatsoever by drafting the quarterback of the future, who again is not going to play. Now, and and one more thing that I want to touch on before uh, we pass it over to to myself and Joel is, Rogers said on McAfee, you know, he wants to. Finish his career with Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb. He wants to be in the same locker room as Alan Lazard and Robert Tunyon. I think part of that is him trying to put the pressure on the Packers front office. Because listen, people can say, oh, Rodgers is delusional. He just wants to play with his friends. But he knows what helps a team win. Right. All of those guys provide different value. Granted, they're not like the best offensive players, but... Tunyon has great hands. He's a good security blanket at tight end, even though he didn't have the best year this year or most productive year, I should say. Alan Lazard is a really good role player, albeit not a wide receiver for one. Mercedes Lewis, one of the best at what he does. Randall Cobb, great on third down. Like, and they're all important in the locker room. So I understand Rodgers wanting them back and putting the pressure on, but I think even he knows it would be unrealistic and perhaps foolish to say I'm only playing or I'm only playing with the Packers or I'm only playing anywhere if I'm playing with these guys. Cause if you're saying I'm only playing with the, your, your best chance to play with as many of those guys as possible is staying with the Packers. Cause if you go to the New York jets and get traded, they're not signing those guys most likely. Um, so that's why I think, I think part of Rogers saying that is trying to put the pressure on the Packers a little bit. And maybe they give him Mercedes Lewis because he wants to set the record for most seasons played by a tight end. Maybe they give him, you know, Cobb for pennies on the dollar and Lazard comes back for cheap. But I don't see the Packers being like, all right, we need all these guys. Oh, and Bakhtiari. I think Bakhtiari will be back regardless. But I, I don't see the Packers, you know, getting down on, on one knee and basically saying, 
all right, here's all your guys. I think there will be some sort of compromise. And this is just Roger's way of trying to get them to bring as many of them back as possible. But he knows that that's unrealistic to say, I'm not playing if, if all these guys aren't here. Yeah. It's a good negotiating tactic by him. Right. Um, you know, what he told McAfee and he said, you know, a couple of years ago, he, he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. And I think to him, if you're going without Mercedes Lewis and these veteran guys, that is a rebuild. Because there's no replacing Mercedes Lewis and what he does, right? I mean, and, and so on down the line. So I think that to him is a rebuild if you're going to replace proven veteran guys, proven role players with more Joel rookie players who haven't proven that they can do it. So I, I think I think that's probably where he's coming at. And no, I understand that he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. And then he, and he's not gonna and he's not gonna be. I think that'd probably be a two-way street, right? Mm-hmm. If you're gonna rebuild, you might as well rebuild with Jordan Love if you're the Packers. And Rodgers isn't gonna be part of a rebuild because he wants to win. Contrary to what um up and Adams said and pro football talk everybody said that Rodgers is in it for MVPs. No, Rodgers is winning in and to win a championship. If you're not going to bring back proven guys, um, I think he's probably correct to read into it that you're not trying to win a championship. And then the challenge is, is the salary cap bringing all those guys back. And that's the the tricky compromises that they're going to have to work out where can you bring back enough of these guys under the salary cap or is it just not doable? And you're going to have to, to reboot it a little bit. And does Rodgers want to be part of that? Yeah, that's a fair point. I, I think the the rebuild comment, people are saying – oh, he's saying the Packers are going to rebuild, or if anyone's saying that. I think that is a a two-pronged, if that's the right way to put it, comment by him. A, he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild because he wants to win a championship, and B, it's just a fact that, you know, if the Packers are rebuilding, Rodgers won't be there because if they have Rodgers, they're not rebuilding. So he's stating it as both a personal, like, desire to, I don't want to be part of a rebuild, and I will not be part of a rebuild. Basically being like, that's just a matter of fact. Any team that's rebuilding will not have me as part of their team <laughs> because he's Aaron Rodgers, which is a fair point. Yeah, they're in a tough spot. Um, I wonder what they can get for him. You know, Joel mentioned, and you'll hear him talk about it, uh, a day two pick this year and then a conditional first round pick in 2024. Okay. To basically say... If he keeps playing in 2024, here's a first round pick. But another team isn't going to give up a first round pick if Rodgers retire. First round pick in 2024 if Rodgers retires after this year because they're going to need that first round pick to draft their next quarterback. Right. So I'll be interested to see maybe a player like who could he go to? The Jets. Jets. Yeah. There are a couple other teams out there. 49ers. But Raiders. Raiders. <laughs> There are a bunch of teams that need quarterbacks, but you know, the Jets. I think he respects Robert Sala for for the defense mm-hmm. he ran in San Francisco, and obviously the Jets' defense dominated the Packers this year. And then also, if Robert Sala hires Nathaniel Hackett, I think we could see whether or not the Broncos did hire Nathaniel Hackett, thinking they would get Rodgers. I think you could see something like the the Jets hiring Nathaniel Hackett as not, not maybe they hire him regardless, but I could see something being, you know, in place actually. Like if we hire you, Rogers is coming here, trade talks 
have to materialize. And then they say, okay, we're getting Rogers. Guess what? We're also getting Hackett or there's, you get what I'm saying. I, I think there will be some sort of agreement. If that happens, I would not be surprised. Um, but, yeah. Then he knows the offense, right? Yeah. That'd be huge to come in and knowing the offense. And look, the jets are damn good. Aren't they? Almost everywhere. The, the except- defense is legit. The receivers good. The running backs are good. That's a really good football team. Offensive line, not great. Packers have a better offensive line. But listen, I, I ultimately think Rodgers wants to finish his career in Green Bay. The only way I could see him wanting to play elsewhere is if he feels wronged by the front office, which is why he wanted to play elsewhere a couple of years ago. Now, I it, if he wants to play elsewhere, I don't think it would be with the same, you know, I don't want to say malice, but same contentment toward the Packers front office as it was a couple of years ago, because he didn't understand why they weren't, you know, taking his input on things and why they drafted Jordan love. He understands that they need to maybe move on from him and go to Jordan just based on the timeline. Then again, he also knows if Jordan loves any good or not. So maybe he's scoffing at that fact and being like, you just want to move on to Jordan because it's supposedly time to, he's not even good. Screw you guys. I'm going to go somewhere else and win. But if it's, oh, Jordan, Jordan's really good. He gives you a chance. Financially, I see why it makes sense. Okay, I want to play elsewhere, but we're, we're ending on good terms. So it'll all come out eventually on, on McAfee, um, I'm assuming, unless Rogers wants to invite one of us to his house in Malibu and, and sit down with him when he makes his decision, uh, which I don't. Probably McAfee, though. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> probably, probably McAfee yeah. though. And that's okay. I'm not complaining about that. I think, you know, what they've done is great. I obviously I'm, I'm a fan of the show. We all are, but um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I, and here's the last thing. When do you think the decision is made by? I don't think I, I know last year it was March 8th, which is after the combine, obviously, but don't you think part of this not holding the organization hostage? And I understand he said the same thing last year, but if he's going to keep playing and they're going to trade love, or even if he retires and they keep love, or even if he gets traded and they keep love, he knows that the Packers are going to want to scout quarterbacks at the combine. So do they devote more of their scouting resources to quarterbacks if they know Rogers decision or do they, do the same thing scouting quarterbacks at the combine, even if they don't have his decision. I would think maybe they're inclined to say, okay, let, let's send a couple more people over to the quarterback workout in Indy since we know Rodgers isn't going to be here, or since we know he's going to be here and we need to look for his successor again. So I wouldn't be surprised if that decision comes within the next month because you know I'm flying to Indy February 26th. Today's Sunday, January 22nd. So I, I don't, no, I mean, obviously, it's anyone's guess what Rodgers does. Even he doesn't know when he'll make his decision. But I wouldn't be surprised if that decision's before the combine this year instead of after it. Yeah, that makes some sense there, Matt. Um, yeah, I don't think he's going to drag his feet here. Look, and it's going to be like, I mean, they, they got a lot of work to do, right? I mean, whether, you know, they, they're, whether they're bringing these guys back or wherever they are, according to overthecap.com, they're about 20 million over the cap right now. Mm-hmm. 
it's a lot of work to get done, especially that's not including, obviously it's not including Cobb. He's a free agent. Tunyon's a free agent. Lazar's a free agent. They got a lot of work to get done um, to clear up some cap space to sign any of those guys. Correct. Another fascinating offseason ahead. Uh, so enjoy the last couple of weeks of quiet because then we have combine, uh, free agency, owners meetings, the draft, and then minicamp before you know it. So uh, we appreciate you listening. Now we're going to toss it over to myself and Joel Corey. I think you guys will really enjoy this, this discussion. I know it's not in written form. Maybe that'll save you a headache, but hopefully what we talk about and all the financial ramifications of whatever decision Aaron Rodgers makes uh, help you understand the situation better because I know there have been a lot of questions about that. Enjoy. Here's myself and Joel Corey. Joel, I, I think the question everyone wants to know is after does Aaron Rodgers even want to play is how does whatever decision he makes uh, impact the Packers financially? And on CBS Sports, you had a fantastic story. It might give some people a headache because of all the numbers in it, but uh, agents but take how Aaron writing it. <laughs> no, it, it was extremely informative. Um, listen, for someone who's not as well versed in all the financials of it, uh, like me, as you are, it, it's extremely informative, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners would appreciate it too. So, uh, check it out. Agents take how Aaron Rodgers' future decision affects the Packers' bottom line. Um, it, one of the things I think people would like to know is you write, you know, the Packers used one of the NFL's more complex contract structures with Rodgers. Just explain how they did that and kind of what it means for the immediate future when it comes to whatever decision Rodgers makes this offseason. Yeah, most contracts have a signing bonus and maybe salary guarantees. The Packers typically don't do the salary guarantees except for Rodgers. But this time they did something that I've never seen them do. They did a signing bonus, then not only one option bonus, but a second option bonus. And option bonuses are prorated on the salary cap, just like signing bonus. And the presumption is that you're going to exercise the option. So even though Rodgers has a $58.3 million um, option with a long window for it to be exercised, the normal window is like the first couple of days in the league year, like first to fifth day of the league year. This one is first day of the league year up until the day before the first regular season game. So the option technically is an exercise, yet the presumption is it will be. So even though he's got $59.465 million guaranteed, that number's not sitting on the cap. The mm -hmm. prorated amount of the option is sitting on the cap and his reduced base salary of $1.165 million plus previous bonus proration makes up his cap number for 2023. So basically, Packers obviously won't exercise that or – pay him that 58.3 unless they know he's going to be their quarterback for, for 2023. And, and I guess in layman's terms, that bigger window gives another team the option to exercise it before the start of the season in case he's traded whenever. Yeah. They're not going to exercise it and then trade him because if they exercise it, then trade him, then that 59.465 yeah. million is their obligation. And that would increase the dead money which, if he's not there this year, um, 
playing someplace else retires, they're going to have to contend with a little over $40.3 million of dead money. They'll increase the dead money to almost $99.8 million. They're not going to do that. So, yes, the new team would step into Green Bay's shoes and have the same window to exercise the option. If you trade for him, you're going to exercise the option immediately. And if you trade for him, then their cap hit is going to be significantly less because all they're going to have to deal with is the bonus proration from the option plus the base salary and his roster bonus. So that's something that uh, they, they, they could really handle, a $15.79 million cap hit for 2023 with the trade. Ideally for Green Bay, that the trade would be after June 1, then you could split the $40.3 million of dead money um, into two years, basically 15, eight and 24.5 um, would be the split between 23 and 2024. A, a team's going to want Aaron Rodgers before the draft or as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, you're not going to get 2023 draft capital if it's on the time frame which is best for Green Bay cap wise. And also, it's a difficult trade unless, from a uh, draft capital standpoint, unless Rodgers is going to commit to two years because I'm giving conditional picks based on how long he plays. Um, if I'm the acquiring team, um, if it's on the normal timetable, March, April, maybe you give like a day two pick this year and then a conditional 2024 first round pick where if he keeps playing, then – that's the pick that Green Bay also gets. Mm -hmm. If it's uh, for um, a trade after June 1, that's going to be a conditional 2024 pick because if he's done after 2023, then the compensation has got to be significantly less than if he's going to play two years. So you touched on it a little bit. I just want to quickly go through the three options. Obviously, the, I guess, most ideal thing financially because I do think if it's a trade, I think it happens before the draft because that just makes the most logical sense, not financially yeah, for the I Packers. Agree on that. I agree with you. Right. So if he retires, I think something interesting you wrote was how they can, you know, modify it to help the Packers financially a little bit. So what happens with the Packers cap if he retires with the dead money? Um, and why is that June 2nd an important date here, along with what they could possibly do to modify it to maybe help the Packers out if he stops playing? First, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to retire. Neither do I. <laughs> Neither do I. I'm close $59.5 million of money fully guaranteed. I know he's uh, marches to the beat of a different drummer or his own drummer. <laughs> yeah. But most people don't walk away from that type of money. He's made over $300 million from his NFL player contract, but still, that's a ton of money. Um, I'm going to say one more thing about that. Andrew Brandt brought up something interesting mm -hmm. that I've forgotten about Um as some of you may know, Andrew Brandt used to be the guy who did the contracts for the Packers for a long time. And I think he was gone by the time they made the decision with Favre. But apparently they offered Favre $20 million to be a, an ambassador and to serve as a goodwill ambassador um, instead of going to the Jets. So maybe they, if Aaron's going to retire, they offer him some portion of the guaranteed money to be walking away from. But um, there is a way you can do it. So it's more favorable from a cap standpoint, um, assuming he's willing to walk away from all that money. Um, if you leave the contract is and you process the retirement when he announces it, you got $40.3 million of dead money this year. Now, what you can do is you, you take the option out of the contract, reduce the salary to league minimum, $1.165 million. You hold him on the roster 
until June 2nd. Um, by doing it that way, you're immediately picking up um, $14.65 million of cap space when mm-hmm. you get rid of the option bonus proration and low, um, from the books. And then um, you're going to have basically $17 million as a cap hit in 2023. And your dead money, uh, that's, what, that's what your cap hit's going to be right now. And then June 2nd, <clears throat> you process the retirement, the base salary comes off the books. Then you've got the 15, eight and dead money and basically 24, five in 2024. So that if he's going to retire, which I don't think he will, that's how it would work. Sign a new contract to help the team out. Um, that's happened in a couple of uh, cases with other teams. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins did it last year with the saints. Mm-hmm. Um, so they could uh, get the cap room that they needed up until June 2nd by reducing his salary uh, down to league minimum. And then they process the retirement when you could split, when the, the uh, bonus proration for future years would be delayed until the following league year, say all hitting the cap in the current league year, which would be 2023 in this case. I think something that has the Packers in a, in a chokehold is they don't know how good Jordan Love is um, even seeing him in practice every day. And I think they're desperate. This is just, me speaking, they're desperate to win a Super Bowl in this three-year window they've created with Aaron Rodgers. But then you have Rodgers saying, oh, I don't know if they want me. And then he says, oh, I could play one, two, three more seasons. But uh, as he keeps playing, the financials get worse for, for the Packers. And they kind of went all in with his contract. So what happens? We talk about retirement. We talk about the trade. What happens if he retires after this season? And that's why I don't know how realistic this is. But is there a world in which... The Packers say, Aaron, if you're going to come back, we need you to commit for at least two more years. I don't think he would do that because he's such a year-to-year guy. But like, if he retires after this season, they're even more screwed. Yeah, and I've never seen a contract work this way where if it goes on its own terms and you leave it alone where you don't restructure and push cap, cap obligations off until tomorrow – that the dead money increases. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say Aaron plays 2023, then they have to exercise the option. So not only do you go from having the proration from the roster bonus last year, you now have the option bonus proration. There's now two sets of proration. You got 58.3 million, which gets <laughs> prorated 2023 through 2026. So the dead money, total dead money goes from 40.3 to 68.205 million if he plays one more year. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets worse if he plays two years uh, <laughs> because there's a second option in this contract uh, for 2024 they'd have to uh, exercise if he's going to keep playing. Then you got a $47 million option, which gets prorated over three years. You got three sets of proration. $76.8 million at that point. So there are no good options with this contract. The, the From a cap standpoint, the best one is to part ways with Aaron Rodgers this year. He said a couple of interesting things on that Pat McAfee show on Tuesday. Um, I'm not giving him a bunch of flack about the – I can still win the MVP under the right right circumstances. To me, that shows he wants to play. Mm -hmm. He also said later on, which didn't get picked up, that the only reason you play is if you have a chance to win. So that shows that Super Bowls are important to him. But the troubling thing is when he's talking about he wants his core guys around, some of those guys are old. And there's only one under contract, David Bakhtiari, 
who's a walking injury at this point. We're talking about Mason Crosby, whose best days are way behind him. Mercedes Lewis, who's like almost Rogers' age. Uh, Robert Tunyon, um, Alan Lazard are free. Randall Cobb took a huge pay cut this day. If he's playing GM and you got to have his guys, that's not necessarily the best thing for the Packers. But you're right. They're all in in the window from restructuring a bunch of contracts last year to the way they structured this contract. That they really need him to they need him to commit to play two years, but at the same time, the dead money gets worse because your window is now and your window closes if it's Jordan Love because we don't know what he can do. Maybe he's the uh, Aaron Rodgers part two. You know what Rodgers could do, or there is some confidence that he could replace Favre. That same confidence does not exist with Jordan Love right now. Right, exactly, and that that's what makes this so difficult. So one last thing I wanted to touch on because – just for someone who go, maybe just goes to his over the cap or, or spot track page and they're like, what are these 2025 and 2026 years? And they're not void years, correct? No, they're real years for artificially low salaries. Um, I suspect they were put in there just so you could pro if you did a three year contract, which is what everyone calls this, mm-hmm. then you could only prorate the roster bonus he got last year. And a fully guaranteed roster bonus gets treated like signing bonus. You only prorated three years. So you need a 2020, you need the 2025 and 2026 years there for the proration purposes. You could have made them voiding dummy years. Um, but there's no way Aaron Rodgers is playing for 20.9 million in 2025 yeah. and 15.05 million in 2026. Um, if he got traded, uh, you to me, a sign that he's willing to continue to play longer would be if they re, if they adjusted, renegotiated those salaries to something real that he could potentially play for. So just lastly, best option cap wise is for them to trade him or, well, he's not, I don't think he's going to retire. I still think that fire burns inside him as, as we saw from what he said on Tuesday. Uh, best option cap wise is to trade him, but that obviously puts you in the bind of you don't know what Jordan Love has. What do you think will actually happen? Combining the realistic financial possibilities with just the common sense of what the Packers should do. He's a different guy, but I don't think he's going to retire. I thought that he would have asked to be traded last year as opposed to coming back. And that would, that actually would have been the best move, but you can't get in a time machine and go back right. to last March and trade him to Denver. Um, I 50, 50 on staying put or traded. If he's going to push for his guys to come back, I think he's going to go, elsewhere and i don't think it's going to be the most favorable timing for green bay because a team's going to want him before the draft and you're going to have to deal with the 40 point um three million dollars of dead money which means you're going to have an increase on your cap of 8.69 million this year but he's off the books um 2024 and beyond and we'll see what Green Bay gets form and draft compensation. Now, that being said, he's, he'll shock all of us and just up and retire and give up almost $60 million guaranteed. I can, he, he's that type of guy. He is. Most people would not do that. <laughs> he is not most people. That That's what I've come to learn in my time covering him. But, Joel, I can't thank you enough for, for breaking it down. Hopefully that made sense to everybody. Are we ever going to have an offseason without Aaron Rodgers being the main focus of, of the NFL? Who knows? But Joel, thanks so much. Appreciate you taking some time. Sure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure.